Mate, my knee's bunged up today. What's been happening with it? I fucking, I do my, re- my squatting and deadlifting and like my lower body kind of strength work usually on a Monday night. And um, this week I, I've been restricting the depth of my squats intentionally since I had my surgery mm. because I had to let the meniscus repair, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Anyway, I got the clearance to, to, to now squat to full depth. Mm-hmm. And I can't because it's still swollen and sore. So I can only, I'm kind of, I, I kind of haven't been able to go much deeper than I have been. However, on Monday night, I pushed it just that little bit. I was like grinding for that extra little kind of mm. couple of centimeters. And I tell you what, and it was good. It was a good session. I posted about it on Instagram mm. and Facebook. And uh, please make sure you like it. And fuck, man, my knee has been really angry ever since wow super swollen really stiff i'm hobbling again uh, i spoke to the physio said yeah it's fine it's that's part of the happen. process huh yeah but i was like oh shit did i do something but i don't think i've done something it's just it's just inflamed it's a fine line eh? but at some point you have to stress it yeah it's uh yeah you really have to be onto it yeah Are you you were box squatting a long time ago like sit like sit to chair is there a way of doing that well, I just had that... Having a, that measuring point consistent. Yeah, that's all it was, just to limit my depth. Mm. And then sort of, you know, more recently, I've just been going kind of to the point of where I can feel it tightens up and then I stop. Mm. So I guess on Monday, I just pushed into that tight point a little bit and lent into that right knee a bit more because from the videos I made, I could see I was, I was shifting away from it ever so slightly. Yes. So, yep, yep. yeah, little changes, mm. aggravation. Guys, welcome to episode 59, Jungle Brothers Podcast. It's Paul and I today. T's not here. It's his son, Tainui's birthday. Woo-hoo. Happy birthday, Tainui. It's also Az's daughter, Ruby's birthday today. Happy birthday, Ruby. Um, they got the same birthday? They do, I guess. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, how about that? Unless uh, T got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's highly likely. <laughs> but... Um, we, uh, if, you, if you follow me on my Instagram, I, I put out a post about 20 minutes ago and I was like, guys, Paul and I are about to podcast today and we don't have a topic. And sometimes this happens because we're essentially here coming up with stuff to talk about and to create content. And for the most part, that's very easy and it comes to us quite easily and there's a lot of things to talk about. However, for, for some reason today there wasn't and we're like, fuck, what are we going to talk about today? Uh, and it's also, we don't have T here. And normally if he's here, then the three of us can kind of brainstorm something on the fly. So in any case, I put it out to the people and I had a couple of responses, all really good ones. Um, but one of them from a good friend of mine, Mel, from uh, Athlete X in, uh, over in WA. Shout out, Mel. He asked us to talk about the, dif- the difference um, or between deliberate practice versus exercise. Um, now, if you're not familiar with what that actually means, we're going to go into it. And we're going to kind of explore that, that, that idea a little bit, which is actually quite timely because what we've recognized of late, and this is, um, Paulie, I think you've been doing the same. We've been training more in parks because obviously we can't train in the gym. And there's a lot of people training in parks and we're seeing a lot of people out there exercising. You've been witnessing this? I have, yep. What are, you, uh, what are your kind of initial observations when you're seeing people out there doing their thing? Oh, you, uh, you know, you just think, oh, geez, they could be doing that easier or they could be doing that better <laughs> or, or what is that? What, what, <laughs> I wonder what that's, Who what that's for. that movement. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so good that people are out and about and they're moving and they're trying to figure it out on their phone or whatever. 
Um, but, you know, you could just you just think they could be doing it better if someone set them on the right track, you know. And what, what do you mean by better? Are you saying they're doing a shit job of it? Uh, in some cases, yeah, if you're looking at the specific movement. Um, but I just, I guess something with a bit more purpose maybe tied to something that looks like, uh, you know, they're developing uh, something greater out of the movement rather than just trying to get a heaving sweat on and a pump on and, you know... I, they want to look good, probably. You know, they want to lose some weight and that's all admirable and, and necessary to live a healthy life. But I just think there could be more more to it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I totally second that. And I guess it's important at this point to tell folks who are listening that we're, we're going to sound like wankers. We're going to sound like movement wankers in this episode and strength <laughs> elitists. And that is, is sort of just comes with the territory because... Like we acknowledge that, that exercise is good for people and that doing something is, is for the most part better than doing nothing. Um, I'll explain why I don't believe that wholeheartedly later. Um, but for us, we sit at a, at a place within the fitness industry where we, we see a lot of uh, low quality stuff that we don't stand for and we have high standards and we uphold those standards in our gym and we have great aspirations for the people that come in here and and we believe that the people that train with us uh, also understand that and they buy into that and that is essentially the process they're 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 on or the journey they're on with us where we're you know we're helping guide them through this thing that makes them a better human now um not all gyms and not all coaches and not all exercise enthusiasts operate in that manner um, and so we're going to pick that apart a little bit. And so I just wanted to make that point that, you know, if, if you're kind of listening to this and maybe you're the kind of person that's just started getting out to the park and bashing out some, some workouts, maybe you saw some shit on Instagram, maybe you watched a YouTube thing, or maybe you're just copying, you know, someone else or whatever, um, that you, you have the right intention, your heart is in the right place. And it is not our intention to stop you from doing that. However, let us shed some light uh, and give some alternative perspectives on why we think that often this approach is misguided, shall we? Yes, sounds good. I was just thinking how I came about to be here and think like this myself. And I was never um, like someone who did exercise at one point, um, you know, in a very formal way for a long time before I was enlightened by another way of thinking. Uh, I kind of I've always come from the perspective like oh, I was always like a, a game player and then the formal more kind of you know scientifically considered way of training uh, assisted me with you know reaching those things so I've always had like a more of a like a skilled type you know move toward developing a skill rather than um, you know just doing the exercise it was just like a little thought for for how I came about to being here so I've always been like that way inclined to be like, how can me doing lunges and squats assist, say, the fighting or the playing of the sport type thing? What was it? Take us back to where that where that sort of transition was. So you you didn't you didn't have that perspective initially. How did you come to have it? Uh, truthfully, it was hanging out with UNT. You know, hanging out with UNT, and um, you know, initially, you know, like I said, it supported. Uh, the playing of the rugby or the starting of jiu-jitsu back then and, and it supported me uh, in, you know, whatever, perform better, be stronger, gas out, 
you know, later type thing. And then as I learned to, as I, as I learned more about how it worked and I got more deeper involved with the Jungle Brothers and the development of everything here, you know, I started to just to appreciate more the process and that the process in um, the conditioning and the strength can actually be a, a bit, a bit arty as well, if I can put that, that kind of word on it. Um, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't have to be boring, even the development of, of the, the strength and stuff. So yeah, I guess my interest just kind of peaked over over time. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, I like I said before, I, I historically didn't come from, um, you know, uh, many years of just being in the gym doing it one way, doing barbell, doing bodybuilding with friends and stuff like that. I, I definitely came from a sports background and it, and it kind of just uh, creeped in on me over the years, training with yourself, Ting, and, and being with JBs, going to a bunch of workshops, you guys pushing me to go to workshops and stuff like that. Um, yeah, slowly opened up, you know, uh, to what I, the way I see things now. And what do you think, um, talk a bit more about what that, what that sort of way of seeing it, like back when you were playing rugby, I remember you were playing with your bro and... You know, you guys would go and do some squats. You guys would go and lift weights before you played rugby. You'd go and squat the morning of a game, right? That was Mo's idea. That was Mo. yeah. He was he was so wedded to that idea. He was yeah. like convinced it made him more athletic on the field, right? Yes, yeah. Oh, you know, I don't. Um, it was a long time ago, so I was probably like, yeah. I remember I was playing Colts and I was nineteen and stuff like that. I'd like to know what the loads were at that time because I, you know, I just remember it being heavy. <laughs> and, and it feeling pretty fucking hard, and I don't, I can't remember whether it affected my performance or not. But he, uh, he, he was adamant that it helped him before a game. Um, and he didn't game? really lift regularly. He lifted before games. It wasn't like he was in the gym during the week doing the thing, right? No, no. He might have <laughs> gone, you know, probably sporadically. I can't, I can't quite remember. But he was probably a lot like myself, where it would be here and there. He'd be playing basketball. I mean, he was playing freaking tennis twice a week with your cousin yeah you know they were flatmates um doing doing everything you know were they playing at birchgrove just there at yeah the ones yeah, near yeah, that yeah yep. they play there they play squash i mean all those guys they they were really active they came from a very active generation actually yeah um what was your original question well my original question was what what was your kind of perspective back then like what did you view exercise as you know, because you obviously <clears throat> placed some value on it because it was like, yeah, I'll, you'll go do the weights with Moses or, or you know, whatever. But was it was it just a pursuit of fun, going and kicking a ball around, or was there, you know? Oh, it's probably hard to believe, or yeah, it, it might be hard to believe. But I I had no thoughts on it, honestly. I had no thoughts on it. it to me, it was let's go play, let's go play basketball, let's go skateboarding. Like I, I didn't even put, you know, the, the idea of exercise or conditioning for something. Like that wasn't I, – I used to see that as uh, training. For, I used to do rugby training twice a week or soccer training twice a week. Um, and that was – you know, you do a few stretches. And it's probably now that I think back at it, that's how a lot of people think about that. In all the ball sports and all the tiers, there's probably a million people playing ball sports in Australia non, without getting paid – um, the, uh, yeah, I think a lot of people just don't have a much of a perspective on it. Maybe now because there's so much uh, information out there, um, and you know, yeah, maybe that's changing. But I didn't have much of a perspective on it at all. I knew, 
I mean, I was playing when we were at school, you know, and we were smoking cigarettes and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, I won't smoke during the during the season, but I'll smoke in the off season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I'd, I'd periodize smoking. Periodize smoking, you know, and, and I'd go jogging, you know, I'd take, I'd do runs. But, uh, you know, I didn't have anything, you know, formal or any, any coaches or anyone to guide me through that, you know, whereas I think some people grow up, you know, in a family where they have whatever. Dad played rugby and, you know, he's training his kids or at least giving them some advice along the way. Yeah. Mm, so you're not much at that time. Okay. How um, about you? Yeah, well. Because you, you, you were the guy who was doing exercise yeah. for me. I yep. remember coming to the gym with you when we were quite young and meeting Big Head and you were eating a chicken <laughs> a day. Johnny Big Head, so yep, chicken a day. And we were going Washing there. Washing it down with a protein shake. I rem- never remember, uh, forget the f- like when we were doing those incline a- bench. See, mate? Uh, we were doing incline bench press and stuff like that at, uh, at Glazeville at that gym. And I was like staring at this bar on my chest trying to get it off my chest. And I was like, nah, nah, I wouldn't <laughs> move, you know. And um, I was watching you like push it off and I was like, how is that happening? I'm bigger than this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and he's white. <laughs> I didn't say it. Yeah. yeah, well, it's, you know, it went through stages, right? So I guess to, to paint a picture for folks, I, I never, I was exactly the same as you. I never gave any, any thought to, you know, training or whatever besides like martial arts yeah that, martial arts yeah. yeah and that and that was just the pursuit of martial arts it Correct. was not it was nothing beyond wanting to know how to fuck people up and like do kung fu and stuff um <laughs> swing nunchucks and whatever and then you know and then we played soccer obviously and we skateboarded so you know we were inherently physical but my my gym experience started with a started with a friend of mine called Tino a guy called Tino Ho who was, a, who was the biggest Chinese guy I've ever seen. He was, uh, when I worked, at the, I worked at a fish shop, Gladesville Shopping Center, and Tino's dad owned the $2 shop downstairs and Tino would work there on Saturdays. And he'd always come up there, there travel later, like to get his breakfast and whatever and walk past our shop. And he was a tall guy and he was, he was big and jacked. And I was like, fuck, that guy's big, you know? Mm. And he was, a, he was a really good looking, really nice dude. Like you couldn't, you kind of couldn't miss him. But um, he, would, he would cruise past and he would like wave and we'd say, oh, hey man, good morning. And we got chatting one day and I can't remember what, but he was like, oh, bro, like, do you, do you work out or whatever? And I was like, oh, no. Um, and he said, uh, he said, I'm just trying to think, man, where does this fit on the timeline? Was this for, before Johnny Bighead and those guys? How, how did I not know about Tino? Maybe I've just forgotten. Uh, yeah. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe this could have been your period of, we had a bit of a lull there. We weren't hanging out as much, right? Yeah, well, yeah. Maybe. I, I was out west for a few years. Yeah, but he was like, look, man, do, you, do you go to the gym? I was like, no, not really. And he's like, man, you should come with me one time. I was like, I'd love to because I was kind of, I was like, this guy's cool and he's jacked and that looks <laughs> like I wouldn't mind looking like that. Yeah. And so um, he trained at Macquarie Uni at the, at the gym there. It's like a student gym. And so I started going with him on Monday nights. And all I remember from that was that we just did heaps of exercises and they were really fucking hard and I struggled with all of it. <laughs> I remember like the, every time we would do pull-ups, um, uh, we would do pull-ups first. Or no, we'd do pull-ups last and I couldn't do pull-ups. He, we'd be, he'd be like, all right, we're going to do like four sets of like 10 of these and yeah. I could do like one or two and they sucked. And I, and I remember feeling, 
I remember feeling quite inadequate about that and just being like, oh, this is really hard. And that gym was full of a lot of like university age um, kind of jockish yeah. sort of dudes who were pretty jacked. I remember there was a couple of guys there that were stacked. Looking back, I'm like, man, there was a couple of guys there that were juicing and they were like, you know, big cats. So when you're in a place like that, you, you, you know, you're instantly comparing yourself and you just, you realize what you don't have in that yes. world. Yeah. Anyways, I had that. I also had the other experience of uh, the boys from Gladesville, Johnny Bighead and the like. Mm. And we used to, yeah, we used to go to the gym in Gladesville. And I don't remember whether, which one of those came first, but we used to go to the gym in Gladesville and, and push weights. And it was all that. It was like, I remember I bought like weightlifting gloves because like, like resistance training gloves because I thought that was the thing. And I bought all the different wow. protein powders and <laughs> I used to eat tins of tuna and, you know, every three hours had to eat. And I got no fucking gains. Like, I mean, I got minimal gains, right? I got something out of it. I was, maybe I could incline bench, you know, two kilos more than you, but I, I really didn't, I wasn't like my body shape was changing and yeah, I was turning yeah. into this, this rippling mass that you see before you now. Early 20s? Um, early 20s. Yeah, yeah, late teens, early 20s. Mm. Um, so, you know, that was, that was my entry into the exercise thing. And essentially it was bodybuilding. And I ran with it for a long time and it was pretty unfruitful. Um, and, that, and I think that a lot of people can identify with that, like a lot of guys for sure, just like, why am I doing this? Is it even working? You yeah. know? And, um, you know, if I look back at those times, it was, very, it was very simplified. It was like lift weights, do it till failure, eat heaps of chicken and tuna, and um, you're going to get big. And, you know, and you listen, there's, you listen to the guy at the gym who tells you, mate, you've got you to do benchies three times a week. If you want to get a big chest, benchies three times a week. <laughs> Monday, Wednesday, Friday, benchies. <laughs> so I was like, fuck, go do benchies, you know. And yeah. I could bench press like a fucking – I was bench pressing a toothpick, you know. Like, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> if, I, if I kind of think from there, I had sort of two other distinct – maybe two or three other distinct avenues of my development within this realm, which was – one was I started hanging out when I moved to Bondi. I started hanging out with the calisthenics guys yes. down at the yep. bars. Yep. And that was, that was the first time I started to see results. And we were just doing – and again, it was, very, it was a very simplified pursuit of training. It was like, the, you know, uh, who's turning up today? Like we just sort of rock up in the afternoon. Oh, hey, it's me and three other guys. All right, cool. We've got like four of us. Here's what we're going to do, guys. We're going to go like 30 minutes. You're going to do as many pull-ups as you can. And we just go one after the other and we keep going. And you would do that. And then you would do the same for push-ups. And then you would do it again the next day. And then someone would go, oh, why don't we do like two reps, six, you know, um, eight, 10, 12. Like, why, you know, everyone's just coming up with creative ways <laughs> to do more of the same shit. And, you know, and there was no, there was not really any thought of why are we doing this or what's the best technique for a pull-up or like discussing the, the intricacies of the movements is just doing shitloads of reps. Mm. Um, you know, it coincided, I, I started to get some results. I started to grow a bit. I think it was also because I was just getting older. Mm. I, I, was, mm -hmm. I was really a kid when I was trying to push weights like mm. back in my late teens, early 20s. Um, so in any case, and then, yes. and then I, you know, uh, did you ever come train at the, the outdoor gym? A couple of times, yeah. Did yeah. that, right? Yeah. Do you remember those guys like Lionel and yeah, Damien yeah, and stuff? Yeah, yeah, Oh, Lionel, yeah. Jacked Frenchman? Yeah, tiny waist. Tiny waist. Just wedge. Pencil legs. Yeah. <laughs> but this rippling upper body. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was like most of them. Yeah, that was yeah. the look. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, for those guys, right? Luckily, I always had legs. See, it's, when you talk about this historically, those phases, and you've probably got a few more to, to, to talk about, I do look back at that as like I, I look back at that and I'm envious of those those years that you did. Like, and I'm, I kind of find myself sitting here wishing I had those experiences. Like, you know, I'm a baby compared to, you know, the, those experiences. Like, like I said, you asked me, like, how did it all happen for me? And this has all happened in the last six years for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, whereas, yeah, you had those and I, I kind of live off the back of those and I think, <laughs> shit, I wish I went through that phase and got really jacked at that time. But, um, you know, just, just different paths, eh? That's right. That's right. Yeah, and, and I know what you mean. I mean, if I'm honest, I remember when you and Moses would talk about going to squat before rugby and I'd think, oh, I wish I could go do that. <laughs> you know what I Like yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. like yeah. I was like, oh, like what's it like? What's the gym like? It sounds really, sounds like they're all adults. So, you know, <laughs> like because you used to go, you were playing up with a lot of with his guys, weren't you, sometimes? Uh, I was you, playing Colts. You didn't oh, never... I, yeah, yeah, I played um, you know, fifth grade, fourth grade and stuff like that sometimes. After. Yeah, right. So you were like knocking around with fucking men on the football field. Oh. But yeah, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, you know, I'm, look, it's you know, if it's not sort of plain to see for anyone listening, there was a lot of wasted time as well in mm. a lot of that training. But it mm. did it did give me something. It's brought me to where I am. Definitely. Um, but you know that that the calisthenics thing coincided with me taking up jujitsu, and then jujitsu sort of launched me into a deeper interest of physical conditioning and that that was where I, I got my brother and sister bought me two kettlebells two adjustable kettlebells for christmas one year and that was when i started swinging kettlebells and same ones we got downstairs same ones we got here in the gym if you train here the, the yellow and uh, the yellow and green ones that most people don't touch because you can never really show what weight they are they're the, they're those ones um and that you know and then i bought pavel's book enter the kettlebell and you know so i started mm-hmm. to take an interest in it and um, I was running that blog for a little while, Adventures in Training. Oh, you yeah. That? yeah. Some, that was cool. Some funny videos on it. I think they're still on my YouTube channel. Um, and that also brought me to CrossFit, which is where I sort of discovered CrossFit in that same time because I, you know, I had a friend, friends in Bondi who had gotten onto this fucking underground thing called CrossFit, this like mm. secret website mm. where they post these fucking hectic workouts. And, you know, and so I started meddling with that. And it was. Um, Essentially, it was all really good. Jiu-Jitsu was what I was most interested in, but I, I definitely liked the aesthetic that I was um, starting to develop. I liked becoming muscular and filling out my frame, and mm. you know, I think I'd always wanted to. I'd always wanted to be a bit, a bit thicker and a bit more muscular. Mm. I aspired to that. I mean, fuck, I had my 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 walls were plastered with Van Damme and like Dolph Lundgren pictures <laughs> as a child. So, like, oh, undoubtedly, such I such a great sp- bedroom. <laughs> it was all Bruce Lee. It was Van Damme. It M- was movie posters, nunchucks, and other um, weaponry. Yep, knives and sigh and whatever the fork is that. That's the sigh. That's the sigh, yeah. Fuck yeah, all that stuff. You had like that little wooden thing. With the sh- it was the short – it was like a baton but a short one. Yeah. That you could do shit with. Yep. <laughs> that bat- That baton's lethal. I think I still got that somewhere. Um, my uncle made that for me. Responsible guy. <laughs> um, but yeah. But it's, yeah, that was like – that. I, I, was, I was just doing the training, right? And mm. I was liking what was happening – but still at this point, there was no real consideration as to, to how 
how the body works or what it needs or what these different what these different elements of training are. It was just doing a bunch of stuff. Mm. And I remember when I went to my first CrossFit class, which was at uh, it was like CrossFit Bondi had had, t- had hired this little garage down in Paddington. Um, what was it called? White City, I think. It was like a little sports area, and um, they, you know, I did a, a, a couple of CrossFit workouts, and they were doing some skill training, and it was like some Olympic lifting one day we did, and some muscle ups on the rings, and I was like blown away. I'm like muscle ups like what are these and i'm like oh yeah we used to do them at calisthenics but now we're doing it on gymnastic rings and they had these progressions and they were using the bands and um that was the first time i'd ever been exposed to a a a somewhat detailed level of skill training where it's like hey these are the progressive steps to get towards this thing that's pretty hard Mm. and i don't think anyone there the coach or any of the people in the class could do a muscle up at the time Mm. so it was all very abstract but i was like oh this is different because we're we're talking about some high level shit now yeah um that was my first insight into you know that side of things so you weren't a coach at this time no no yeah i guess that's probably where that's the beginnings of thinking like a coach i suppose yeah you're like shit how do i get to point b yeah it's like what's the best way to get there exactly what what do i need to know and do in what order type thing yeah okay yeah so what are we talking about like if we use your example of that little history line what are the what are the differences like from doing simple stuff where you're very much developing um your strength and you're building muscle compared to moving on to something that was started to become more skill-based. Well, you were doing some... Oh, sorry, you went to calisthenics. It was a similar thing, but, you know, applied differently with body weight training. Yeah, but there was no progressions. There was, there was no, no progressions. It's just fucking... It's just like, do shitloads of this. Yep. Oh, hey, try this thing I created. Let's do this exercise. I see. And then you're starting to go to jiu-jitsu and you're doing the skill thing, but and you were doing a lot of kettlebell... And energy system development specific to that sort of jujitsu training, or it complemented it. Yeah. And then you found this thing, which was, in a way, something that, in order to do, to progress in it, say it was the Olympic lifting, you had to think a lot more, uh, like, you had to approach it differently, smarter. Yeah. It's more. It was more complex in order to progress. Yeah, it had to be con- skill. And and I, I mean I think I think what that is when you when you boil it down is that one approach requires awareness and the other doesn't. Mm. And mm. I, and if I look and if I look back at that time um, throwing kettlebells around the garage or doing calisthenics or um, you know trying to get big down at Gladesville Gym, there was no awareness in any of that time. There was no like there was no understanding of like like setting my shoulder before I bench press or what, what's my, what's, what are my abs doing or what position do my feet have on the floor? Where are my knees? Are they bent? Are they not? Are my glutes activated? Like just all of those little things that we now take for granted where you, you set up and you do a movement or an exercise, you execute it uh, deliberately. Um, none of that existed. So it was completely unaware. So it's just like, lie on the bench, grab the weights and just press until you can't press anymore and then get me another three reps kind of thing. Um, and that, 
And that's really what I think we're, we're talking about is having awareness versus not having awareness. Because that's what I see when I see people in the park bashing out some fucking Kayla Itzines little fitness routine is a complete lack of awareness of what they're doing. And it's not, and, and in the same way that I just described my little journey, it's not their fault. They just don't know and they haven't been exposed to, no one's shown them the way. Mm, mm. Yeah, no, it's a really good way of putting it. And that's, so uh, I guess there's, to me, it seems like there's different levels of awareness as well. Like how does, um, the, you know, how does this movement fit into a bigger framework as well as being more aware of the movement you're doing in the session that you're doing as well? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, okay, so the way, the way I kind of see it is what, what I was doing over that time was just, just exercising, right? I'm just doing stuff. I'm doing things. It's hard. I'm getting a pump on. It's building some muscle. I'm breaking a sweat, whatever. Um, if I kept doing, like I got away with it because I'm in my teens, I'm in my 20s. And then, you know, coming into my 30s, I started to get a lot more, a lot larger perspective about this whole thing. What I see for a lot of people who, who never grow out or never develop out of that 20-year-old kind of approach to exercise is that mm. they end up injuring themselves, right? I mean, we all get injured, right? Case in point, my knee's fucked, but it uh, came about from a different, for a different reason. Um, but for people who never, who never adopt this awareness and never take what we could say a deliberate approach to their training, um, they end up running into a wall at some point. Now, the question is, why do they run into a wall? And here's the thing. If you, this is, this is, what I, this is how I say it. If we all kind of, we approach exercise and whatnot in the way that we have a perfectly functioning vessel so that our body is a high quality machine and it can just do whatever. And so I go do push-ups, it makes me stronger. I go do running, it makes me more athletic, whatever. But that perspective doesn't pay any attention to the individual needs of my vessel. So it doesn't pay attention to the fact that um, I flare my elbows when I do a push-up and so I'm creating sort of a, a dysfunction in the shoulder joint. It doesn't pay attention to um, my hip flexors being tight and my ITB being tight, which means my knees track funny when I run. So I have a funny running gait uh, and that's because I sit down a lot and work at a computer through the day or whatever. So. As you get older, the, the need to identify these things becomes more and more important. And I, I guess what I see is that a lot of people just don't recognize that. So their training never takes the path of what do I actually need? Like where is my body right now? Where is my head? What's important for me and how do I get to where I wanna go? It's just, I'm gonna go and do exercise because my body thrives on exercise. And that's really where this—that's really where this issue comes about. That's where this exercise thing is. It views the body as a machine. So it's like, go and exercise for 30 minutes, and you'll burn enough calories to not get fat today. Maybe that works in the short term, but it's not going to work in the long term because your hips are fucked and your shoulders are wrecked, and you need to do some work on those things. <coughs> so the the other side of it, what where we're from and what we're talking about, is it's a lot it's a lot deeper and more complicated and it requires help usually from someone who can keep an eye on you, but it requires awareness, whether it's someone else that can say, 
dude, your shoulder's not working well there. Your position here sucks. We need to fix your hips. No, I don't want you to put any weight on the bar yet. Let's just get the mechanics right. Like all those, all those little things, mm. um, that, that's what the awareness brings as I see it. Yeah, you make a very good point with the age thing. Um, and when I think about the people that I've observed in the park, like if there's young people running around in the park like Labradors just doing whatever, like I never – that's not what makes me wince, but it's usually the people who uh, – they seem to be um, you whatever, late 20s to 30s and above that I can see. And, and we don't exist in a bubble. And um, there's – as time goes on, um, we're not roaming – the earth day by day kind of foraging for food and, and moving around in, you know, a natural type of form all the time we're sitting at desks or we're carrying injuries and we're time poor. And so we pick up these things along the way. Um, and, and then we don't, yeah, uh, the awareness, I guess. These things being... These things... Defi- mobility yeah, deficiencies, yeah, yeah. restrictions. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And, and then, you know, you get busy, busier as you get older... So then the awareness starts to dissipate or, yeah, you don't, you don't hear things as loud, say your, your knee, you, might, you just ignore that, you know, type thing or it's kind of normal to get those niggles and then you get this scenario now where uh, people are wanting to get to the park and they're just running around doing whatever without that, that awareness that you speak of. It's a very good point. Yeah, it's, it's kind of, it kind of ties in, I think, with... Um, I mean, I feel this about running, right? There's, there's certain physical activities that the uh, in my opinion the majority of people think they know how to do just because they're alive human yeah they're human <laughs> they're like oh i know how to run so i can go run or i know how to do a push-up so i can do push-ups and i would confidently say the vast majority of people do not know how to do such activities and the reason is, like, people, someone, someone knows how to put one foot in front of the other. They know how to get from point A to B quickly if they had to. That's right. And they know that it's going to be hard work and it's going to break a sweat. So, therefore, the simple equation is, well, that equals exercise and exercise makes me healthy. Um, however, they also don't realize that they've, they've not, yeah, like, like you said, we've not lived this natural lifestyle where we're roaming the land and we're having to rely on our physicality on a daily basis and we're sitting on the floor and we're, we're not sleeping on soft mattresses, we're sleeping on a harder ground and, you know, we're, we're doing more kind of natural activities. We're so far separated from that process now. We, you know, like the way we live is so alien to the, uh, the way our body was, de- the, the environment that our body was designed to live in so we have to acknowledge that we are all operating at, uh, at a substandard level or a suboptimal level in that regard. Like uh, there's no way, there's, even for me, for someone who is quite aware and, and, and um, you could say I'm quite conscientious with my training and, and approach to all these things, I still sit at a computer for large, large periods of time during the day. I sit down a lot, that tightens my hip flexors, it pulls my head forward. So I have to work on those things if I want to be able to do, you know, whatever, Olympic weightlifting or the cool shit that I like to do, right? Mm. So I, I think a lot of people really just don't see that. And again, I don't blame them for it. They just haven't been told. Hopefully they're listening right now. Um, hey. But so they think like, oh, I can just go out to the park and bash it out. And it's kind of that same idea. And T- I know T likes to use this analogy a lot, but it's the idea of a car. And it's like people want to take their car out and thrash it because they think that that's going to be what, what's going to like make the car like better and stronger and, and run better. 
but it's like you can't if you keep taking your piece of shit car out and thrashing it it's just going to fall to pieces on you so what you're better off doing is like upgrading it piece by piece and like driving it a little bit and progressively driving it harder as you upgrade the tires and the fucking mm-hmm. you know mm. all the accessories and whatever and then eventually you got like this pretty sick car that you can drive pretty hard but it's been this incremental process to get towards the way it's now performing so it's like you have to earn that mm. um and that you know one one thing on this run that always that always sort of grinds my gears and it's because i hear it from my parents generation a lot is um and the fucking radio national or whatever it is they listen to um Hey, Radio National's good. I mean, I like Radio National, but but uh, tell me, Fran tell me if you in get the morning? this one. Um, the hey, I um, apparently I only need to do um, apparently four minutes of like or two minutes of very high intensity exercise um, is 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 all I need to you, be healthy. You know what? Is, what's his name? Doctor Swan. Michael Mosley. Oh, well, Doctor Swan? Swan had like one of his Corona casts had some exercise shit on it and. He was like, he recommended and it came to the end and he was like, this is his big recommendation. He was just like, you just need like, I think it was like 12 minutes of HIIT training every few days. HIIT training is the one. I was like, oh, I really liked you up until just now. <laughs> <laughs> Stay in your lane, Swan. <laughs> but it's that, it's, that, it's that idea of, and this is because a lot of this, uh, a lot of these, uh, a lot of this information comes from scientific studies mm. and they're looking at, an isolated part of our physiology. So maybe they're looking at cardiovascular health and they're like, Mm -hmm. well, what's the minimum amount of exercise required to improve these fucking thousand people's in our test um, markers of cardiovascular health from this point to somewhere that's considered marginally acceptable. And it's like, well, well, these group that did two minutes a day, they achieved that mark. And it's like, well, that's all you need. Yes. And it's like, okay, cardiovascular health, sure. But you still can't fucking move. Your knees still don't work. You're still weak as shit. Your hips don't work. Like it's not just as simple as heart health. Yes. And, you know, we could say that from a, from a medical perspective in the West, the heart, we were very heart centric and very cardiovascular centric with our health recommendations, like the heart foundation, the, the tick of approval, mm. um, the low fat eating, that all tied into cardiovascular health. Mm. No one ever spoke about like, what about joint mobility? What about um, like actually being strong enough to pick things up and, you know, carry shopping and fucking kids and whatever. And what about all, you know, what about being, um, you know, having like a base level of coordination so that you trip over less and you're less inclined to snap your wrist or break your hip. Well, that's the problem with the worst day, just seeing things in separate parts too much. Yeah. Compartmentalizing it, things. It's a, it's a hundred percent black and white in its view. Mm. And so for people who are already not particularly interested in this shit, mm. they're like, Two minutes is all I need. I'm just going to buy an exercise bike, rip out two minutes and I'm good. Mm. And it's like, oh man, you don't want to be the guy that's like, no, it's not good enough. Here's what you, you know, like you, you don't want to fucking crush their party, but sometimes he's got to crush their party. Yeah. I'll be sending this podcast to a few people after this. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So I wanted to ask you about the, so we talked a little bit about uh, the deliberate, uh, some like knowing some deliberate movements and working on specific skills and um, like investing time into developing, you know, some specifics. Um, Yeah, what about the, like, when we talk about deliberate practice, like, say, uh, trying to develop a skill, 
or, or say martial arts or jujitsu or something like that. Um, how do you see that fitting into the whole picture? And I, I can't help but think about uh, the movement, movement, um, and movement, movement, movement and, and the way that they kind of look at deliberate practice. Do you, do you know what I'm getting at? Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's kind of uh, seen as a something greater to strive towards, uh, the understanding of your body and developing it to become more useful and more adaptable to every situation. Mm. Yeah, maybe. I, 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 think, I think the movement movement is really just about finding, um, finding niche attributes of physical expression and exploring them. Mm. And it doesn't, I don't think it, 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 and it doesn't do it because it thinks those things are important. It doesn't because we can do them. Mm. So like punching a tennis ball against the wall, mm. like really, there's, there's not really any great need for anyone to do that. If you're a boxer, maybe, but it's more just, you can do this. And if you do this for fucking hours a day for a year, some cool shit's going to happen. I don't know what, but it's going to be, you know, <laughs> but it's going to be cool. So let's do it. Like I, I really, yeah. you know, that after having spent time in the movement community and that kind of thing, a lot of it comes down to that. And, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's very much a thing for, for enthusiasts of that realm. They're very big on deliberate practice, no? Well, yeah, I mean, what are we, what are we talking about when we say deliberate practice? Yeah, okay, I guess it's a definition to kind of work out now. Yeah, so I, I guess we're saying that Deliberate practice is when you're going into, uh, into your practice. So think of a practice like you, you're going to the gym to train for an hour. And instead of just doing repetitions in a mindless fashion, which is what I could, you could say I was doing that for a long time, benchies and whatnot, just doing repetitions. Mm. Oh, what exercise we're doing? These three, yeah, let's go. Deliberate practice is training in a way, and I was just reading about this before on James Clear's blog because... I wanted to just make sure I sort of had this definition down, but um, deliberate practice is the idea of training with the specific intent to increase your performance or improve your performance in a give, in a particular thing. So uh, mm-hmm. for an athlete, yeah, you know, for someone who whose job it is to kick a ball in the back of the net, it is going into your training session. Okay, today I am working on fucking like. Uh, approaching that ball as it's moving and nailing it in the net mm. and specifically that thing and I'm going to do that really well and I'm going to bring that awareness to every repetition and I'm going to be completely focused on that as I, as I do it. Yeah, so I guess you could, you could say like uh, you couldn't say it's black and white as it's this, this particular training session is deliberate and this one isn't. Like I guess there's layers because everything's deliberate like even if it's I'm trying to f- – freaking whatever, lose weight or get jacked. This, you're still trying to get a big chest when you're doing benches. It's, it's deliberate. I guess it's just different levels of, of awareness. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, so then I guess like the – where am I trying to get at? Like the reasons why people do things. Like is there, a, is there like a higher level of awareness? When? So say um, like, you know, I guess I'm trying to – find out where that where that fine line of like this this type of training is better than this type of training and this is why right you know what i mean yeah i think we have to i think we have to like, allow well like you said there's varying degrees 
Because like you, you, the highest level of bodybuilder who knows his shit scientifically in and out, he's aware in every single rep, is he not? Not, not necessarily. Okay. I mean, take, take your own training as an example. Tell me when you're doing, um, so when you are doing a fight factory class and you guys are working on technique and yep. you're working on, a, let's say, a, a five-step combination. Yeah. Um, now I'm imagining, because I don't, I don't do that stuff because I'm a fucking jujitsu guy, all right? No. Got that? It's not true. Um, and I, but when you do that stuff, uh, it is very, you're very focused and you're thinking a lot and you're working really hard on the small details to refine every movement and every step of it so that you can execute it as well as possible. Mm, mm, yeah, yeah, agree. Where you're going. Yeah, yep. So that that in my opinion would be highly deliberate, right? When you get into sparring, you probably have rounds with certain people where you take a similar approach. You're very self-aware. And it's like, I'm just working on specific technical elements. Where, But tell me sometimes when you're sparring, you don't just go into a fight. And you're like, oh, it's fucking stepped up a notch now. And I'm not swinging. And I'm just going for it. And you're doing it in a structured, it's still deliberate, you could say. Mm. But it's definitely gone away from this highly refined, highly technical and thing. Where I'm now just relying on what I know. And I'm fucking going for it. And I want to wreck this dude <laughs> in, a, in a responsible way. And hoping the, the training kicks in. Well, yeah. Because well, yeah, I do that in jiu-jitsu yeah. all the time. We do that in jiu-jitsu together. Yeah. It's, it, you have this spectrum of like very aware, very technical, very deliberate. And then it's like it's a fucking scrap. And I'm calling upon all of my pre-built skills, but I'm scrapping right now. Yeah. Right? And I think it's the same in, in strength and movement in many ways. We make people do some kind of skill and strength training that is slow and deliberate and we're giving them a lot of cues and we're ripping apart their technique and we're making them think about things, we're slowing them down, we're making them rest. And then we get into a Metcon and we have parameters, we have standards, but we let the reins off a little bit and we're like, fucking go for it now. Run mm. the block, do the burpees, swing the fucking kettlebell, let's go. And we have a bit of it, we have standards in terms of if you're doing something that looks dangerous, we're going to stop you and we're going to fix it. Mm. But if you're doing okay, like if it's like 90% correct, that's good enough for us. Mm. So I see that there's a time and a place for both um, because sometimes um, just exercise or repetition is important. However, if that's all you have, I think that is a, I think that is a grave mistake. Yeah, so there's, there's, there's being deliberate and being aware on a few different levels, whether it's in a particular repetition, whether it's in a program, or whether it's in like the, the, the greater journey that you're you know, moving towards, if you have one at all. So, you know, you may not have one, or like I said, it's all deliberate, you're going to have one, and that is whatever, six pack. At the very least, you don't want to be fat or something like that. Yeah, that's still a, but, it's still an intention, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But then there's definitely levels and there's, I guess, of, you know, comparing to say that of the simplest form of, uh, of, of like a goal that you want to achieve. And then there is, I would say there is better goals. There is, there is you know, better things to strive towards. Um, especially, yeah, because it's not sustainable when it's so simple as well, would you say? Uh, maybe. I think, it, I think it comes down to the individual. 
Mm, you know, but uh, and I mean, you know, like um, there's no. Uh, in theory, I have no problem with people bashing it out and doing, you know, what like say, you know, say um, you look at your standard kind of boot camp approach where it's just like, all right, uh, here's you know another collection of of exercises that are pretty challenging that are kind of like the ones we do every other week and uh i got this cool rep format we're going to use a deck of cards and you guys are going to fucking do shitloads of these burpees and whatever and uh let's get it time's on and everyone goes for it and most people have fun right it's like oh that was a tough workout see you guys tomorrow um that you know in theory i got no issue with that because you're training you're doing it whatever but the thing is, is that you've made the assumption there that most people can operate in, within that a level of intensity and that it's going to be safe for them in the long term for them to keep doing that. And I think that only applies to a very small percentage of people. So then if you and, – and this is why in practicality, like in our gym, we know that doesn't work. That's why we have classes like body weight. It's why we have classes like stretch. That's why we have a, a movement screen and a foundation program that people have to go through before they can start because we need to find the deficiencies first and work on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't, I don't mind if someone's like, I just want to get a six-pack here. I just want to lose weight and, get, and look good naked. It's like, that's fine as long as you do what we tell you uh, in relation to all those other elements. So as long as you follow the process and you respect the, 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 you respect your body as much as we respect it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Because yeah, I do. we've, in a sense, here we we we've created our own we've created our own little niche where we're into handstands and we're into fighting and stuff, and you know we've got people here that, that don't care to do to learn a handstand, and I'm totally okay with that. It's like fair enough. That's you know there is no you know I can't sell the handstand as a functional exercise that you need to have in your life. <laughs> it's just cool, and you know we're all here training, so why not get some skills out of it? The skill development is very much something we're interested in because I guess if we acknowledge that that the training piece needs to become an ongoing thing that has to become part of your life, that that's how you're going to actually get the best results from it if you, is if you incorporate it into your day-to-day and you do it forever, then layering the skill thing on top of that gives you something to attach to and something to buy into emotionally rather than just flogging yourself in the gym each week. It's like, oh, I'm going into work on my Olympic lifting or I've been working on my deadlift and I'm really don't Yeah, or don't want to fall behind on my fighting because I don't want to get bashed. Exactly. <laughs> like that, that is an incentive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, I, and I do think that in time, the person who says they just wanted a six-pack would start to have bigger goals than that. Yes, yeah. You know? Um, I just had a thought there and I wanted to ask you about um, another aspect of the skilled part. It's probably a bit that I I think I enjoyed as well becoming a coach. It was when I first started thinking about being a coach and being exposed to certain people and material. And that's just the idea of uh, um, when you work on something that requires a high level of, of awareness um, and consistency and all those things. Um, when those goals are higher um, and more difficult to overcome, um, the other shit happens too in terms of personal development. So, you know, you, you're attracted to – you've set this goal and it's higher than just doing mindless reps and it requires, you know, more mental energy and drawing on other aspects of yourself 
to, to overcome them or to keep doing them and achieve them, then I, um, I guess I just wanted you to speak on, yeah, that aspect of it, which I found to be much, much harder, much harder to, to keep grinding away at something over a longer period of time, not seeing as many results, say. Um, and, you know, I know, and I always use jiu-jitsu as the example of it for me because it was when I... I'd been playing ball sports a lot. Then I had, then then I just I I hadn't been doing martial arts for many years. And I came to martial arts and it was like, got bashed up on the mats um, by smaller guys and just sitting there going, what the hell just happened? And then starting, you know, as a white belt and um, and just seeing how like how difficult that was and the fact that if I wanted to overcome it, I had to do X and Y. Whereas it, it was really obvious how much I had to lift my game to be able to to progress given that I'd played ball sports all my life and you could you know well hide in the team in win or loss it was just a very individual thing that I had to overcome um yeah what's can you can you comment on uh, that aspect of deliberate training on that level how do um tell me in your in your case like yeah. what what sort of things did you have to address there um first of all just going back all the time going back all the time and finding... Like motivation. going back to the gym. Going back to the gym. Yeah, yeah going Showing back to up. the gym. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it was like... A, uh, it wasn't like really bringing me down in a horrible mood, but yeah, you, it's it's kind of harder to go into that as an individual rather than meeting up with 30 guys on a Thursday night. You know what I mean? And then going and having schnitzels or something afterwards. It was like you just need to turn up. Um, you're the bottom of the heap and no one's really trying to help you. Yep. And you're going in there and just getting your face grinded off for like months and months at a time. Yeah. So you're that mental aspect of like, shit, I like this thing, but it's not treating me very kindly, but I, I want to break through. Yeah. So that was that was one thing. Um, yeah. And then, you know, also uh, realizing that, uh, you know, you, my strength wasn't there. So I needed to get stronger in certain aspects, certain movement, my flexibility was not there. Um, so having to like scratch my head and go, how the hell do I do this? And this was before I came into Jungle Brothers with you guys um, over here in Botany. Uh, so it was like, shit, how do I do that? So then I find myself trying to figure that out and trying to work that out and coming to you guys and putting together a program or something for myself, just as in like stretch every day, stretch before class, stretch after class, that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you and, – and so I guess you're getting at like the other kind of – lifestyle sort of habits that have to fall into line to allow that to occur? Uh, yeah. I, I guess it's um, just if you're, if you're trying to work at something that's – well, having something that's suitably challenging, you know what I mean? Yeah. For, for your level. Whoever – like everyone's on a different level and maybe doing benches every day is really hard for someone to have to do. But I could not do that with, you know, I couldn't do that. I could, I was playing soccer. I could do soccer. I was playing soccer three times a week all the time. That's fine for me. But I, I think I was on autopilot for a long time and I wasn't challenging myself. Yes. So meeting a challenge, something that's, that required me to step up, you know, if you want to develop, you've really got to put, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to face something that's, that's worth, you know, your body and your mind having to develop for. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, I, I, I get, I see what you're getting at there. And I think, um, I think for a lot of people, 
they don't wish a lot of people just don't wish to undergo that that you know that process mm. so i'm just going to keep playing soccer or i'm just going to keep playing jiu-jitsu and then usually like something happens that makes you feel otherwise and the thing that usually happens is your health suffers right so like that's usually what it is when that becomes is, an issue yeah then they you, go, it. you go to a doctor and they're like mate your 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 back is fucked like uh you you know i'm gonna have to send you for a scan but you go scan physio and the physio's like man your back is a wreck i need you to start doing some strength training and then you're like hyper motivated to call your local gym and get a personal trainer mm. right so um, or, you know, and I deal with jiu-jitsu people all the time who are like, oh, I just really, I'm just not that into strength conditioning, you know, I just want to do jiu-jitsu. It's like, yeah, that's fine, but, you know, statistically, you're not going to survive if you, if you have that mentality. And I can't convince you to change your attitude right now, but um, probably when you're like late 30s and you get forced onto the sidelines because your repeated um, meniscus damage in your knee means you can't train jiu-jitsu anymore, you're probably then going to come around to it. Mm. And, you know, and, that, and that's totally fine. Like people, people come around to making a change when the time is right for them. And largely for us, we're quite fortunate in that we run a gym where we sell this kind of thing. So we have, we have a responsibility to uphold ourselves to a standard. Um, you know, so it makes it kind of, for me, that's a big motivator in my training. I'm like, no, I've got to, progress with this stuff and I've got to maintain these things and I've got to develop it, whatever. Um, but what I do think is, I do think it's very empowering for people who, who, who have the discipline and the commitment to look outside of what it is that they strictly enjoy um, to find other things that will allow them to continue to enjoy that thing. So like, all right, I'm really in, I really like um, playing tennis. That's what I'm interested in but my shoulder's fucked and my knee's not been feeling good for years. So I'm going to go get that personal trainer. I'm going to see them twice a week or I'm going to go to that stretch class and that lift class. I'm going to do that every week. And, um, and I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, do that. And that's going to, that's going to help me be able to play tennis better and not have to live in pain. And then, you know, when you do that, then you've got to manage your schedule better. So time management becomes a thing. And then, you know, your trainer starts to tell you, Oh, have you, do you sleep much or what's your recovery like? Are you eating well? And then, before you know it, you're working on your nutrition and you're working on your getting to bed on time and all those things. And I think that that, that process of development and growth is very empowering for people. Because before you know it, you're like, oh, wow, like I went for this one specific thing and now I've, I've got this really cool kind of holistic. That's kind of like the story of, that's kind of what I was getting at, I guess. That was kind of what happened to me when I started coming out of that, that fog and I started doing jiu-jitsu and I was like, shit, whatever, I've got, to, I've got to sleep, I've got to eat better, I've got to get stronger for that thing. It was a bit of a, a spring, if you might put it that way. Yeah, so, so then in that way, so the training so was my awareness was And my awareness was building yes. in, in, in health and all the other aspects surrounding it. Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah. And, and I mean, like, you know, that is... That's, uh, I don't know, I, uh, was that a... What did that feel like? Was it, was it, uh, was it tiresome? Was it like, oh, fuck, now I've got to... No now that way. my awareness is I'm going to sleep more or was it like, oh, sick. Like this, this whole new part of my, my, my vision has opened up to something that I couldn't see before. Absolutely. And like I said at the beginning of the podcast, like you asked me, what did I think of exercise? And I didn't really have a, a clear perspective or, you know, it was obviously I knew that it existed, but 
you know, contrary to a lot of common belief, like people just don't think about exercise. I love skateboarding. I skated every day of my life for a long time, surfing. I just didn't think about exercise, you know what I mean? And then it became this thing and I was like, shit. And, and, you know, the perspective now is like, wow, like how can you not think about these aspects because they're so important? And you ask how it felt. It it felt great because as I started sorting out these bits and pieces and becoming more aware of, of, um, of, you know, how my physicality really and that's, that's eating, sleeping, how I spent my time, where I spent it, what I was wearing to support those things. Like, yeah, I just started feeling better and better. I was having this conversation with Tash um, on the side uh, about Japan this week. We're talking about like this trip we went to uh, when we went to Japan pre-kids, might have been nine years ago or something like that. Um, and we were reliving it a little. And I remember, I remember being re- like an asshole on that trip. I was a bit of an asshole, and I remember being tired and it being... And this is why I mentioned it, Tash, like... Um, I remember being tired and it was, it was like... It was great. It was a great trip, actually, but I remember it being hard to figure out what to do and where to go, and everything was just a little bit um, hard work. Do you know what I mean? Like, getting up, oh, we've got to go there. we got to... hassled. Bit of a hassle, like, get up early, like, carriage, whatever, get changed and go do this thing and... Um, it wasn't like our trip to Japan <laughs> where we'd get woken up by the fucking owners of whichever place we're staying at telling us check out time was two hours ago and we were still drunk. Oh, yeah. Do you remember no. every fucking place we stayed at, we'd get woken up. They're like, oh, you're meant to check out two hours ago. Politely. Politely. Yeah. And we're like, oh, <laughs> shit, we've got to get our stuff I vaguely remember that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it was like, yeah, it was just the. F- it was just a... Why? It, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't as aware of my physicality then, if I can put it that way. And, you know, I, I drank a lot more then, for sure. Um, I was a good drinker, right? You could put it away. I could put it away. And, I mean, I never did before or after pictures and I never really do that sort of thing. But if you put a before and after picture on me now, it'd be completely different. Yeah, you're carrying thickness around the trunk. I, carried, I just carried alcohol around on me. It was just <laughs> like, I was like puffy. It was just puffy, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I never had a, a, an issue with it uh, or anything like that. And I never had a drinking problem, but it was just I, I didn't do any kind of deliberate exercise or I never thought that, hey, I should get my – I should sleep more and just wasn't aware that if I did small things, I, it actually would render results like positive things because it wasn't tangible for me. I just wasn't brought up that way, you yeah. know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it was just a point I'd make because I, I know that now I have – way more energy and and that's a really shitty thing that you can't hold or measure i got way more energy than i ever did before and i got three kids now and i'm i still have more energy you know what i mean yeah getting up on the weekends was just always sluggish and stuff like that um but yeah it's it so you're going back to like the the spring and the figuring all those things out right felt great i was like this is mad some feels good on my face (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's interesting, isn't it? And like, I'm guessing now you would have that feeling like where you haven't done some training in a day and you might be at home and you're like, feel yourself a bit pent up yeah. and it can be expressed through how you're responding to, you know, to Tash or to the kids. And, and some days there's nothing you can do about that. It's like, all right, I can't do any training today. But mm. some days you're like, fuck yeah, I'm going to go outside and do something for 30 minutes or an hour or yes. whatever it is. I'm going to jump in and do that class. 
and it and it changes your whole state. Totally does. And it only you only had that thought because you have that awareness of yourself, and you're like, okay, that's something that my body actually needs each day. Mm, mm. Yeah, absolutely. I look forward to it now. And yeah, I guess now my sensitivity is a lot higher. You know, yeah, I can, I can feel it. I'm like, oh, I need to do this. I need to do that. But yeah, it, um, yeah, it's a funny thing. That was, a, if you remember, that was a time when um, I also cut my hair. It was like a full spring. I started training. I was working uh, on films and T came back from the UK and we were training on this movie like at Fox in a container and out in the park. That. Yeah, and then shortly around that time, um, what like I remember cutting my dreads off. Oh, New York, Year's Eve at my New, place. Yeah, exactly. On the half pipe. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, yeah, it was just like that whole time for me. Yeah. Was just really cool. Yeah, right. So that was like a little bit like a rebirth. Yeah, pretty much. That's cool. Um, I was thinking like going back to the, you know, going back to people like grinding it out in the park and doing, mm. you know, made up exercises and terrible squats and all that kind of thing. The, you know, the, the, for me to cast judgment on, the, for us to cast judgment on them is a bit unfair because who knows, maybe they've been staying at home every other day stretching and like working on coordination drills and, exactly. you know, agility and stuff. And then be. they just came out to do a conditioning workout and then I'm judging them. But I think not. Like I think likely that, you know, they're, they're not doing that. Um, and I guess if there's, a, if there's a strong sort of takeaway message for people is that like our bodies are very, in some ways, they're, like they're very complicated uh, machines or organisms, by better, play, better way to put it. And they, they, in a way, they require a lot of, a lot of different things, but they it can also be quite simple in what they require. And I guess the way we try and look at it here is that you just want to, you need to identify what it is that it needs. So what are your major mobility restrictions and what, what simple movement patterns can you not execute correctly? Like, can you squat? Can you lunge? Can you lift your arms up above your head without, you know, arching your back? Um, you know, can you bend forward and touch your toes? All those kinds of things that are, that are pretty basic. But if you can't do them, then, okay, so what do we need to do to get you to be able to do that? And how's your coordination? Like, can you put those movements together pretty well? Okay, if you can't, a lack of coordination is a thing. Like, that's, that's something we want to work on. Um, if you've got coordination, if you've got the mobility, all right, cool, then we can start to turn up the intensity and do some hard training and whatever. But without those sort of, without that foundation of the mobility and the coordination and the, and the general body awareness, um, we don't want to go down that path of intensity because that's where you're likely going to hurt yourself. And then you're going to be tarnished by the exercise experience and you're probably going to have the opinion that it was the exercise that fucked you up. When in fact the exercise is perfectly fine, it just wasn't the right exercise for you at that time. Yeah, 100%. I really, I really feel quite strongly about that. And so when I, you know, when I see people who are, they're just, there's a, a blatant disregard for what their body needs. I'm like, ah, oh, they just haven't had somebody tell them. And they don't want me to walk up to them in the middle of the workout and say, hey, bro, can I give you some feedback on what you're doing right now? Like, that's <laughs> not the time and place, generally, right? Um, you have to wait till they cool down. Yeah, that's right. Until. Dude, so, something that, actually, this is a funny story. This always strikes me. I was... Um, I was training the other day at Botany uh, down at the park where we go, Sir Joseph Banks. I had my rings up and I was doing some stuff on the rings. And there was, um, 
there was a family kind of cruising around the park, two kids. Um, one kid was on a little razor scooter and the other kid was on a unicycle. And they, okay. Yeah, it was like, uh, like when do you see a kid on a unicycle, right? Not and it was like a little kid. Like probably, in Botany all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the kid was probably like six or, you know, something like that, like quite young. And, um, you know, then there was a mum and a dad and whatever. And uh, the kids, they were playing in a spot just kind of nearby me. They could see what I, we could see each other. And uh, I was doing some stuff on the rings that they obviously thought was kind of cool. So they were watching me do some muscle ups and stuff. Um, and then I, I, when I was resting, I'd look over at them and um, then they'd do some shit. So the kid on the unicycle was like bouncing down the stairs and then cycling around and he was hopping up on this little ledge and riding on the ledge. It's and a then, battle. Yeah, it was like a little movement battle, right? <laughs> and this sort of went for a few sets and uh, anyone who's trained on the rings in the park can, I'm sure can identify with how you form instant connections with kids who are also playing because there's something about them that they're drawn to. They're like, that's cool, you're playing, yeah. I'm playing too. Somewhere, some, in some way, your counterpart. So that true. Moment. And um, they were doing their thing. And then at a point, their dad's like, all right, let's go. And then um, the two kids turned to me and, uh, and they waved. And, and I put my hand up and like, gave them a thumbs up. And then they like, gave me a big thumbs up. And then they're like, yeah. Like, like they were pumped, right? That, and there was this mutual acknowledgement. It's like, yeah. you guys are doing cool stuff. I'm doing cool stuff. Um, and I thought like that, that attitude of like um, just wanting to connect and probably seeing like, oh, there's something fun that's happening that, that I could learn from. Because I'm, I'm guessing they probably would have liked to have come over and me show them a couple of things on the rings and they would have jumped up and, you know, learned a trick or whatever. Um, whereas for their dad, like he definitely wasn't in a headspace to like – look at what I was doing and then talk to me and mm. he's worrying about his kids and he's probably fucking stressing about work and he's probably got to, you know, like there's a million things on his plate. Mm. But I was like, fuck that, that like, um, that kind of simple connection that can come between folks like that you can have with a kid when you're training in the park or with anyone. And you do sometimes have it with an adult where you'll start talking. They might ask you, oh man, how do you do your, your pull-ups or whatever? Like that mm. looks real nice. Can you give me some tips? That's so valuable, those little exchanges. They're the exchanges that I wish I had with high-value people back when I pushed weights in the gym mm. rather than with old Corey who was telling me I had to do benches three times a week. <laughs> would have been kind of cool to have someone go, you know what, man? Like, you yeah, don't actually yeah. have to do all this shit. You just need to do a few things really well mm. and here's what you, know, here's what you need. Mm. Uh, I think those, those exchanges are, are like super valuable probably got something uh, to do with why you enjoy coaching or got into coaching probably does huh mm. yeah i like i mean i love that when we got people here who want to learn and they they're like tell me what i should do yeah and it's like great let me let me show you how you can be better mm -mm. and then then when you get the people that don't want that you can't help but feel irritated by it yeah we don't get that much here anymore no they I don't come, they don't walk through these doors very often they might in the beginning and then they come around to, all right, I gotta I gotta take some advice here. Yeah. And yeah. that's okay. We're mindful that there's there's other blocks that need to be for some people that need to be brought down before we can have those sorts of um conversations. Yeah, we're lucky with the people that we work with here. Yeah, well, we've we've chosen them. They are the chosen ones. You are. My bro, we've done a good stint there. I say we wrap it up.
Sounds good. Um, training and exercise. Guys, thanks for listening. If you found something about that interesting um, or you want to challenge us on some of it, let us know. Flick a comment up. Um, send us an email at uh, Jungle Brothers Movement on Instagram or junglebrothers.com on the, e- on the website. Um, if you know someone that would benefit from listening to that, please feel free to share the episode with them. It helps us grow the podcast and it helps mm. other people learn the good word. Um, no real events come up with, but we are talking about details for the Jungle Brothers Christmas party because we want people to get excited and have something to look forward to. So keep an eye out. There'll be more coming out on that soon. If you want help you with your training, you know where to reach us. Thanks, Paulie. Peace.